The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What a great lineup we have for all of you today. You know, part of this is what I love to do is I not only love to connect with all of you. It's just really the coolest thing on the planet for me. But also, I love for you to connect with some of the people that are out in the world. And what they're doing is they're helping us not just see the light, but be the light. And, you know, today I get to have another conversation with uh, Deborah Engel. Now, here's what I want to say. I know that you all, at least over the past several years, have heard me talk about a book that came across my desk, that once upon a time when it came across my desk, I looked at this. And as I looked at it, I said, that is impossible. There's absolutely no way that there is a book called The Only Little Prayer You Need. And I said to Linda, Linda, you got to get you got to get the author on. And then I got the book and then I read the book and then I practiced what was in the book. And to this day, the only little prayer you need, that book is my go to. And as a result of the body of work that Deb Engel has done in that book, laying the groundwork for the book she's now written, Be the Light That You Are, you have to have this prayer. And the reason that you have to have the prayer is because if you want to be the life that you are, you want to be the light that you are, you're going to hear today that there are these simple ways to transform your world and to transform them with love. But if you've also read The Only Little Prayer You Need, you now know that one of the first things to do is snap out of it with a prayer, a thank you prayer. And so my mission after reading The Only Little Prayer You Need was to attempt to demonstrate that Deb Engel was wrong. She is not. The prayer that she puts forth and now be the light that you are, this book, these 10 simple ways to transform the world with love are what get me out of my way. And so when I work up, wake up every day, as I start my day, I start my day with thank you, God. And throughout the day, my mission has been, since the first time that that book entered on my desk, on my place, I 70 times a day, I say minimally 70 times a day, this only little prayer I need. But I say it differently. So today, as Deb Engel shows up as an author, as a speaker, as a transformative, as a thought leader, you name whatever it is about Deb, what you're going to learn is that she's also mega generous. Today through the show, you're going to get a copy of the book, Be the Light You Are. You're going to get a copy of the book, The Only Little Prayer You Need. You're going to get a copy of the book, Let Your, Let Your Spirit Guide Speak. And you're going to get 40 Days to Fearless Online Course, a, almost a $200 value. Because when Deborah Angles shows up, she shows up and it's not just like speaking about what this concept is or what these concepts are, but she shows up as that. She shows up as that. Deborah, Deb, as I call you, Deb, Deborah, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
it's so good to be here with you again. You know, I got to ask you a question. We're going to talk about the book, but I've also, you know, just gave people an outline of some of the other work that you've done and what you do in the world and how you are out there in the world. What is it that since the last time we spoke, what is it that you tapped into? Because, you know, given what you've done, you could have just stopped. You didn't have to write Be the Light that you are. You just didn't. But you must have felt an energy of something. I don't know if you felt the energy of, you know, my ruling planner, Jupiter, coming home to Sagittarius last November. But you must have felt something that said, I've got to write this book. There's an energy that's got to shift. What did you sense? It's such a great question because you've really put your finger on it. It is that inner nudge that I felt. Part of it was that after I wrote The Only Little Prayer You Need, then I felt a nudge to write the book, Let Your Spirit Guide Speak. So that one came out a couple of years ago. And that one is all about deepening our spiritual conversation and relationship with our spiritual guides, with those beings who are our team, who are here to help us every day. And then after that book came out, then there was that next nudge. And that next nudge was to put together a book that would start answering people's questions about how do I take my spiritual practice out into the world and truly live it? Because now, now with the only little prayer you need, you've got your fears out of the way. You've got a deeper relationship with spirit so that you can show up in conversation with spirit every day. And now, you know, those things are easy to do in the privacy of our own homes. But I started a couple of years ago getting questions from some of the students that I work with in my A Course in Miracles classes. And they started asking questions like, um, you know, I have some great friends who I have loved for years, but they all like to get together and gossip. I used to love to do that too. But now that I'm in a different place spiritually, I don't want to do that anymore. How can I still be friends with them? Or they had questions about, you know, I've got a conflict at work with my boss or a coworker, and I really believe in loving intention. I want to stay in a place of peace, but I don't know what to say or do in these situations. These questions just kept coming up and coming up. And so now I felt this inner nudge to put together a book that would be a handbook, a guidebook, something really practical that even includes scripts of what to say in different situations to help everybody. All of us need this. You know, we walk into these situations every day. And unless we really have given some thought to it, unless we remain grounded in our spiritual strength and our teachings and ultimately the light that we are, we're not going to necessarily know how to handle those situations. So that's what this book is all about, is how do you live? How do you take your spiritual practice and actually practice it there in the world? Mm. You, you know, the reason that this is so important, I think that um, for those of us that have been kind of doing what we're doing, Deb, and thank you for that uh, answer and, and, and beautiful description. The reason that some of us do what we do and we do it every day um, has somewhat to do with our purpose and our passion, but it also has to do with an energy that we believe is in the world and our ability to create a better world, right? By sharing what we know. And I want to talk to you about the, you know, the, the what you've laid out in this book. I mean, these, these, these beautiful, simple ways to transform your life are so important. Um, 
do you believe, I mean, first of all, you, you just like me, uh, you know, a long time ago in A Course in Miracles class, and, and, and I took the A Course in Miracles class, I didn't take, I didn't go through it with the Marianne Williamson version. So there's a, a different version, right? But what I want to say is that when we look at this and what we learn, right, how can we show up in the world, as you so stated in the book, as activists, as change agents, and still be the light? Because some people believe that there, that there is no way to combine the state of activism and action with also being the light. But we've seen it time and time and time again with leaders around the globe. And you came out of the gate with this, and there's a story that you open up with. Share that with us, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, one of the questions, too, that I started hearing in my Course in Miracles classes, there was one woman in particular who asked a question that got all of us talking in the class and debating what the answer to this might be. This particular situation was um, the woman in the class is Caucasian. She has a cousin who is African-American, and the cousin was walking down the street in her small town one day where she's lived for years and years and all of a sudden a man drove up just kind of pulled up alongside her and yelled out the window to her go back to africa where you belong mm. now clearly that's the kind of thing that would trigger most of us i would guess to think oh, how do we handle something like that you know the first instance of course is that it triggers our fear it triggers our anger. Yeah. We want to pay him back. There's some sort of feeling of being attacked and now either wanting to defend or attack back. But we know, as you say, from a long history of people like Martin Luther King Jr. and um, Gandhi and Jesus Christ himself, that nonviolent, peaceful protest and action and words, that those really make the greatest impact long term. So what I did in the book was I started exploring what are 10 principles that we can adhere to. And these are principles that we all, I think, collectively agree are important in our world. Things like not judging one another, forgiveness, rising above the drama and seeing things and dealing with things differently. But the key to it that I found as I was writing, and this is so important, this is like the takeaway, <laughs> you know, if you remember one thing, from this conversation today, it's the fact that we all have two minds. We have that ego, fear-based mind that we all have as human beings. And that's the part of our mind that's saying things to us like, we're not enough, we're not lovable, we don't matter. And it's the part of us that really gets triggered when somebody does something to us that we perceive as attack, or when we feel as though we've disappointed someone, or we've disappointed ourselves. So that's one mind that we all have. But the important thing is that we all have another mind as well, the higher mind, the higher self. That mind remembers that we are children of God, we are holy, we are complete, that we don't need to do or change or prove anything in order to be that light and that love that we were created to be. So what happens is that we can choose to either live our lives and react to situations and create situations from that small fear-based mind, or we can do it from the love and the light that we are. And when we are the light, 
that is our innate truth, our essence, what we came into this world with and what we'll leave it with, then we leave behind all of that fear, that anger, that desire for retribution or that feeling of attack. And it means that then we can show up in these situations, even very contentious situations like that one that I just described, and bring light and love to it rather than bringing an energy of, I've been attacked and so I need to attack back. That changes everything right there. So it's the whole foundation for this book and the foundation for how we can truly, truly live our lives differently. Mm. You know, and this too is really, we're looking at, you know, a time that we live in today where there are a multitude of emotions that we sense in the world for many, many things. And yet at the same time, you know, the question really, really is, are we, are we ready to be the light? Are we ready to be the light that we are? That's the name of the book. Be the light that you are. Uh, Deborah Engel is joining me here today. 10 simple ways to transform your world with love. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to give a copy of this book away. And we're going to talk about what do we know? What can we learn to stop, to literally stop our knee-jerk reaction? Detach, not with anger, not with fear, not with resentment, but with love. Detach with love. Three words that could change our lives. Can't wait to hear what Deb's got to say about that. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Golden Otter Divinations Radio, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream with Autumn Seibel. Tune in the first Friday every month at 9 a.m. Pacific as Autumn, educator, health coach, and medium, explores metaphysical and mainstream strategies on how to elevate your level of conscious living. Draw in the abundance that is yours by divine right. For more information about working with Autumn, visit goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal.us. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. 
Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today, be the light that you are with author Deborah Engel, but also more than an author. She is a change agent. She's been out in the world and bringing messages that go beyond hope. You know, there's hope and then there's hope in action. You know, there's a certain divinity to how we step forward in this world. And that divinity can be, you know, literally depicted by somebody else telling you what it is. You could create your own steps, you know, your own footprints. You can do that. The question is, how do you want to do that? You know, sometimes it's hard. You know, we're questioning our politics. We're looking at emotions. We're, we're not sure about our job or personal crisis. So how do we stay true to spiritual principles and find that peace in time of chaos, display, light? You know, look, in the world, what happens when we don't? What happens when chaos is allowed to show up? Let's go ahead, Benny, and help somebody out right here uh, by giving a copy of the book away. Be the light that you are. Uh, Ten simple ways to transform your world with love. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. You know, Deb, I want to I kind of jump to a couple of things. But before we do, how can people find out more about you? And how can they get their own copy of the book? Sure. They can go to debraengel.com and that's d-e-b-r-a-e-n-g-l-e.com and there are links to purchase the book there there's also a lot of information about courses classes workshops retreats all sorts of things coming up Um, or the book is available at all of the major online sellers bookstores independent bookstores so wherever you like to buy books it's there Thanks. Thanks, Deb. So look, before we get to detach with love, I want to go back to something that you you previously share in the book. And by the way, as always, you know, the stories that you tell and, you know, the examples are just amazing because I think we learn through storytelling. You know, we learn, you know, we could see how spirit shows up in action. But there's one thing that I want to I want to just jump on. And it's a quote in the book. And it says, loving yourself means deciding what's going to have power over you and what's not. Loving yourself means deciding what's going to have power over you and what's not. Now, see that right there? That's an association that we do not make. We do not make loving yourself with that, right? You know, we, we just don't. But I say it again, loving yourself means deciding what's going to have power over you and what's not. And let's talk about what it means when something has power over us. Give folks a description of this. Right. So here's an example from a teleclass that I did last week. There was a caller who asked an excellent question. 
she had had a birthday recently and she received lots of birthday wishes from a lot of friends and family members but there were a few family members that she didn't hear from so she was disappointed and she kept focusing you know she was trying not to but she just kept focusing on the disappointment and the hurt of not hearing from those particular people so that's great example because that's letting something have power over us that's letting it's the ego mind at work it's just a perfect example of it because what's really going on in our mind in her mind but we can all relate to this because we've all done it in one way or another is that there's that feeling of maybe i received 500 blessings and good wishes from other people but i'm going to focus on those three that i didn't get because I already feel like I'm not enough and that I don't matter. And those three wishes that I didn't get, those three cards that didn't show up in the mail, those reinforce that fear that I have within me that people don't love me, that I'm not lovable, and that I just don't matter. So we allow that to have power over us. And no matter how hard we try to deny those feelings, to say, well, it didn't matter, I'm just going to overlook it, I know they love me anyway, that's just trying to deny the fear that we're feeling in that ego mind. But what's happening is that we're choosing really to let all of that have power over us, a negative power, because we could choose the other mind. We could choose the higher mind, the higher self, the light that we are, the part of us that remembers, oh yeah, I am a child of God, holy, perfect, and complete. And you know what? I don't need affirmation from outside me to know that I am everything, that I am the light, not in an arrogant way, but simply because God created me, and so what else could I be? Now, in that mind, the higher mind, certainly it feels good to have people affirm us and send us birthday cards and celebrate us and you know, comment on what they like about us. All of us like that. But the higher mind doesn't need it the way the fear-based mind or the ego mind does. And why doesn't it need it? Because it knows, again, that not only does it have everything that it needs, but that it is everything that we need. You know, each and every person listening to this today, once we get that ego mind out of the way, then what's left is that essence, that light. And every single one of us can truly say, I am the light of the world. I am the light that God created. I am peace. I am joy. I am love. I am harmony. I am well-being. I am abundance. I am everything that I want because that's what I was created to be. So that's what it means by not letting things have power over us. From that higher self mind, the woman who asked about the birthday wishes, when she's truly in that higher self, that light that she is, she can truly say, well, I know that my family members love me. I don't need that affirmation. It feels nice, but I don't need it. And in fact, I'm going to send them light. I'm going to send them love because maybe they need a little shot of love right now. I'm going to stand in my power and my strength. And instead of letting external things have power over me, I'm going to use my internal power of light and love to extend who and what I am into the world and help make this world a better place. Mm. That's a very different way to live. It's a very different way to live. And at the same time, what you just described for us is within our own power and doesn't require outside stimulation, outside acceptance, 
you know, what you're talking about. And, you know, one of the most interesting words being used this year, whether it's spiritually or astrologically, politically, or any other way, is a word power, right? It's being used right. more now this year than I have heard it used in a number of years, going back decades. And it's not you being used in a negative way, as a lot of times we see it, right? We're talking about the power of reflection. We're talking about the power that we have to really look and lean in to the self-confidence, our pure perfection, you know, as human beings, despite what we have in our essence as potholes, things that we step in. But this leads me to the question that is more than a question, but, but one of the, let's just call it number six in the book. And there's a lot that comes before this, everybody, number six. Um, it is detached with love. And I want to talk about that. But before I do, Benny, what I'd love to be able to do is uh, really just go right to our next giveaway. Uh, we've been talking about the book, The Only Little Prayer You Need. Let's go to that. Let's give a copy of that book away now. 1-800-930-2819. Let's go ahead and do that, Benny, if we could, and I'll hold off on the break. Detached with love is a term I learned in um, one of uh, in a twelve step program uh, many 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 years ago, and I remember when it was said to me uh, exactly like this. You, you know, Deb, how a lot of the phrases out there seem to change, right? Like they change up a little bit. They they have you know sort of a word added. This one has never changed in my lifetime. It has always been as simple as detach with love that simple and i didn't say easy so if i say detach with love sounds simple i'm also saying it's not only simple but not always the easiest thing to do so when we say oh let's let go of judgment right i know that that lifts the burden that we carry but man, that is not the only thing that's on the table here. Fill us in on this here. Sure. Yeah, detach with love, I agree. It has been around for a long time. And I think as all of these principles are, they are there's so much to them that even if we've visited them before or worked with them before, there's still more there, more gold to mine in them. So detach with love, I start that chapter by describing what it feels like if you're just sitting in a chair at home and if you could see all of these invisible threads that are tying you to everything, all of your material possessions, all of your relationships, all of the people that you've met in your whole life, all of the people that you will meet in your life, even ones that you haven't seen for years or even people that you see on TV, for instance, who you'll never meet, but there's still an attachment there. The thing is that we are energetically attached to everything and everyone. And again, we can be, have that attachment either through fear or we can have that attachment through love. Through fear, what it looks like is, um, let's say I've got a child or a grandchild who is struggling, struggling in school, struggling in life, and I want to rush in and save them because by God, you know, they're part of my family. I've raised that child, I love that child or grandchild, and I want them to do well. I want to make things easier for them. 
But in fact, what we know through 12-step programs, through so many different teachings, is that we can very easily engage in codependency, in trying to rescue other people, trying to make their lives easier. Often what we do is we interrupt their ability to grow, to be responsible, to maybe make, make some mistakes and fall, but then to pick themselves up and to go on with life lessons that make them stronger. So we rush in thinking that our attachments are the best thing, when actually, again, they're just a form of fear. If we can imagine the ego again saying, if I've got a grandchild, you know, that I'm trying to help, but actually I'm just trying to fix, that's the ego saying, again, I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel like I matter. But maybe if I fix or change or control their life, then I'll feel better about myself. Maybe I could be the hero. And so that's where it becomes codependency, because, again, we're coming at it not for that other person, but for ourselves. Mm. From the higher self, that attachment really doesn't look like attachment at all. The attachment is just pure love. I can love my grandchild. I can say, oh, my gosh, I can see that you're really struggling. If there's anything I can do, let me know. I want to help you. Or maybe I do reach in. You know, maybe I suggest some things. Maybe I, I offer something that will help. But I do it without the expectation that I'm going to be the person to rescue or fix or control. What the higher self does is that it just shows up as light and says, however and wherever and whenever I can be the light and love in your life, that's what I want to do. Sometimes that even just means sending someone love and light through prayer, through energy, through meditation. The ego will think, yeah, that doesn't count. You're not really doing anything important. But actually, that's doing the most important thing at all, of all. Because the thing about detaching with love, and here's the key to this one, is that it's all about trust. And it's all about faith. Not in our ability, our ego's ability to fix this world, but in a higher power who knows more than we do about what's needed in any situation. I know that the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, light beings, entities, they all know way more than I do about what's going on in the life of my grandchildren. To him, as much as I want to help him, I trust that there is a greater I am not privy to. And when I detach with love, what I'm really doing is saying to the Holy Spirit, to God, creator, source, I'm saying, I don't know everything that's needed in the situation, but I know you do. So I'm going to detach from my expectations of what this should look like, what the outcome should be, what his behavior should be like. And I'm going to just plant myself as the light and listen for any guidance that you give me about how I can be wholly helpful in this moment. Wow. So what that does is it just, yeah. Yeah. Wipes the slate clean of all of the, the yeah. yeah, yep, and lets us just trust instead. Let, let me, let's just take a short break on that because one of the things that I want to go to is the word you just said. So the word trust. If we're going to have a conversation about be the light that you are, we have to investigate what we trust, who we trust, how we trust, and when we trust. How do I know this? I studied trust for eight years at an academic level. And even after eight years, I didn't get it. 
until I went on a spiritual journey. So <laughs> let's take a short break. When we come back, we got more goodies to give away. Deb Engel's in the house. We'll be right back. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from adversity to awesome with Susan DiLorenzo. Live each month on transformationtalkradio.com. No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered. Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated. For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Tune in to The Astral Insider, your portal for adventure, insight, and growth with Fernando Albert. And get ready to tour the astral realm, expand your life in ways you've never imagined, and call in for the journey of your life with this world-renowned lucid dreamer, astral projectionist, psychic medium, and healer, Fernando Albert. This is every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you, Are you searching? Looking for a sign? A message you need to hear? From the great unknown? From the most mysterious place? That is the most familiar to your soul in the depths of who you are? The universe puts someone here to talk to, someone God gave a blessing to that you may find insight with. TheAngelLady.net. 1 800 323 1790. Wow, everybody, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, Deborah Engel is in the house. And as I said before, she comes bearing gifts. And I want to make sure we stay on track with that. What I would like to do is for one of you out there that is ready to become and join in to the space of fearlessness, if you're ready to do that, we would love to gift you an online course valued at $200. But I ask you, please, please say yes to this if you're ready and you will take the course. Because this is for someone, whoever you are, that's on the edge of greatness and you may need 
to really these next 40 days when you take the online course to fully step in to embrace your complete commitment to whatever your dream and passion is. 40 days to fearlessness. It's Deb's online course. 1-800-930-2819. And go to Deborah Engel. It's D-E-B-R-A. So it's Deborah like that. E-N-G-L-E dot com. And check out what Deborah is about. All of the above. Um, so Deb, I, I didn't. You and I never know what we're going to talk about, right? They always send all these questions. And, you know, when I get the questions, I love it. But the other thing is that I read the book. And then we have a conversation. And one of the things that you just talked about, which I don't know if you call it out specifically in the book, but I know you've called it out. And I think you call it out really well in the Spirit Guidebook. But it is this notion of trust. Who, where, when, why, what? All of the all of the ways that trust permeates our inner and outer selves. We cannot avoid trust in no way. We can't. From the very time we're born and we pop into the world, right? Somehow, intuitively, even though we cannot say it, we cannot speak it, we are going to trust somebody's going to feed us, somebody's going to take care of us. Sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. Let's have a conversation on trust for a minute, if we could, and the essence of that in being the light. Right. Well, it is really the core, as you say, because, again, it takes us back to those two minds. Our fear-based ego mind wants to put its trust in things and people and situations outside of ourselves. So we trust, maybe we trust our spouse or we trust our parents, or we trust our siblings, or our boss, or whoever. But we place our trust in those people without putting any trust in ourselves, because our egos, really, underneath it all, are not capable of trusting ourselves or anybody else. Then we've got the higher mind, that higher self, that light that we are, that knows that the one thing that we can trust, the only thing that we can trust, is the love of God and the fact that we are representatives, extensions, children of that love of God. That God is not some external being who, by his grace, is sometimes favoring some of us and some not, but that we literally were created by that love and so we can trust that love. So let's take a look at it in terms of, you know, that child who's born into this world. Some children are born to parents who do take good care of them, who they can trust, who feed them and love them and nurture them. Some children have parents who do not do that. And so what the ego learns, of course, the ego is always picking up cues from the world outside. That's why kids who grow up in loving, secure homes typically are going to have more harmonious, maybe more successful peaceful lives, because they've learned on an ego level early on that they can trust, that they can establish good relationships, because that's what they've been modeled and taught. But then there are those kids who grow up in homes where they really can't trust their parents. They don't know if they're going to have a meal or even have a parent there at home at night. Those kids, they may be in some ways strengthened if they use that fear to be strengthened in their lives, but they may also grow up with a real sense of distrust of the world. 
they may have a harder time um, having relationships with others and having a good relationship with themselves. It can really affect their own self-esteem. So again, the trust on the ego side is all hit or miss. You know, sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. We, if we put our trust in, we're probably going to be disappointed. If we put our trust in education, at some point, probably disappointed. Even putting our trust in family members. So that's why, you know, we often hear people say things like, well, you just can't trust anybody anymore. You know, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. Nobody is trustworthy. From the ego mind, the world never was. Nobody was ever trustworthy. And it's not that it's getting worse. It's just always been this way. And our egos may try to make it seem like it's worse just so that they can have something else to feel bad about, which I know sounds insane, but that's really what our egos. But then over there, <laughs> over yeah. in that other mind, that yeah. higher mind, there is peace always. Yeah. yeah. There's that trust in God. And, and, you know, this is really important because what we find at trust, right, and the role of trust in, you know, relationships we have with each other as human beings, because let's just talk about that for a minute. You know, there is how we operate in the world of what we can see. That is, you know, part of the ego. That is part of how we show up in the world. There is you and me now having this conversation. There's a relationship that gets developed, right? You know, and, and so part of this is embedded in the idea of social exchange, right? It's the way we determine how we're in the world today and how we want to be. And so what I hear you saying is when we leave it up to the ego, the ego does not explore any other possibility except what it could see or except what it has seen or except what it thinks it will see. It has no respect or understanding for the failure to consider trusted and trusting. It doesn't separate them. And what you're talking about is a core sense of acknowledging, as you have in this book, as you talk about the light, that when we talk about the light, we have to acknowledge we're more than some psychological or social contract with each other. You know, that we're more than the list of circumstances that may depict what we can be or not be in the world. We are more than understanding the probability of life and more about the possibility of life. So I want to ask you this, and Benny, let's go ahead and skip the break. I can't talk enough about what happened to me after years of studying trust. And I shared with you during the break, a dissertation that goes on postdoctoral work, close to a thousand pages on this topic. But I cannot explain what happened to me when I felt completely betrayed when my body failed me in 04. And what happened to me to discover the spiritual nature of trust and how it gets us to the light. Now, without talking about the only little prayer you need, I want to spend this last minute and time we have together on the significance and the importance of that level of spirituality to helping us become the light. A little long-winded, but I really wanted to hear you talk about this because I've heard you talk about it. I want our listeners to hear Deb Angle talk about this. Well, you said it so beautifully, too. Um, yeah, when that deep, deep spiritual, it is 
it's everything. So it is the thing that it's the wellspring that we can keep going back to when we have losses in our life, when we have grief, when unexpected things happen, illnesses, injuries that we can't explain and that our fear-based minds certainly are immediately um, see as tragic, unexpected, may go into victim mentality. But from that light, that perspective from the light, what I say in the book and in some of the teachings that I've done around the book is that the difference between the ego mind and the higher mind, the ego mind is like living in the, in the muck, in the quicksand, always trying to find a way out, always trying to find a way to climb the mountain, get to a higher vantage point and live a better life. The higher mind, the light that you are, is like starting at the top of the mountain and having a vantage point where you can look at everything from above the chaos, from above the fear, from above the drama, and you can look at anything and everybody in your life and see the light in them, see the gifts in them, see the lessons in them. Maybe not necessarily understand it all in any particular minute, but you know, to be able to just and go back to that example of the woman who didn't get all of the birthday wishes that she was hoping for. From the top of the mountain, that looks like, oh my gosh, I am so blessed to have friends, family members. It doesn't matter to me if they wish me happy birthday or not, because I know that I'm blessed. That's starting at the top of the mountain. And from there, you can just extend that love into the world. Mm. So the trust, that deep level of trust, it's not just in in God, in the creator, but it's in the light that he created us to be. There's a very simple meditation visualization that I use a lot that I'll just for very quickly here that anybody, any listener can do right in this moment and start to feel that light. And that is just to stand or sit with your feet about hip width apart Put your arms out in front of you with your palms turned up. Start to feel divine energy flowing down through the top of your head, through your crown chakra, through your body. Feel the power of the earth energy, that grounding energy come up through you. And just let that energy run through you and feel it being extended out through your hands into this world. Ask the Holy Spirit, Creator, send that energy wherever it's needed to heal, whoever it's needed by. I don't have to know who that is or how it's going to be used. I just trust that you will use the energy flowing through me for the highest good. And when we do that, just doing that even one minute every day will start to get you into a place where not only do you understand this intellectually, but you start to feel it in your body. And you feel how truly simple this is to just show up as that light and trust higher energy to bring it through you and out into the world where it's needed. Okay. I know we've got a few minutes left, but I got to get to this. So in the book, you, there is a chapter on forgiveness. Almost every book that says anything about anything about this has got to cover forgiveness. But I got to tell you, I have heard in 15 years, over 9,000 interviews, I have not heard this. And I got to read it. So Deb says, here's the clincher. Forgiveness is not about forgiving what happened. It's about forgiving a lack of love in ourselves. What? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, it's huge. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then I have you to go tell you, this say, one was sort of mind blowing. Right. I, I could have stopped. I, I could have not written my 400 page dissertation and just read, read that, <laughs> put that sentence. Because then you go on to say, in fact, anytime we're hurt or feel betrayed, and believe me, I studied betrayal eight years. Uh, we're being given an opportunity to see where and how we can love ourselves more. And actually, that is what this Jupiter in retrograde is all about, you know. Um, right. I know we've got a few minutes left. you got to tell us about this, about the forgiving a lack right. of love in ourselves. you got to try. <laughs> so, again, I use an example in the book. I'll um, use sort of a similar example. This one came up, again, in one of the classes that I teach. And it was one of those aha moments. What happened was that one of the people in the class said that she, she's in a relationship. A friend of hers had um, kind of cast some aspersions on the relationship, let's say, had said to her privately that she wasn't quite sure about whether that relationship was a good thing for her. So we looked at it two different ways. One was that she felt hurt by her friend's words, that she took them personally, and she felt like she needed to forgive them that friend for saying what she said but then we looked at it that would be from the from the fear-based mind then we looked at it from, from the light from the higher self and we looked at it in this way we saw what her friend was saying really didn't have anything to do with her at all and that she loved herself enough to know that she was in the relationship for her whether that looked however it looked to anybody else but that she trusted herself, she trusted a higher power, and she knew that even if this relationship didn't look perfect to anyone else, that it was an expression of love in her life. Mm -hmm. She loved herself enough to know that about herself, so that now when her friend made, you know, said some negative remarks about the relationship, they didn't hit home. They just bounced off of her like she was Teflon. She didn't take any of it personally because right. she knew that the friend's words really were about where the friend is, not about where she is. And there's nothing to forgive. Yeah. So this is the thing. When we are in a place where we're really the light, feeling the light that we are, we are so filled up and so strong and powerful, not in a way of having power over others, but simply in that way of having that power of light flowing through us that when others do things that could be hurtful, seem hurtful to the ego, they just don't hit the target. There is no target to hit. And so there is no forgiveness needed, simply because the first step was done to love yourself more, to be in that place of strength. Yeah. You know, I cannot believe everything that you're able to do. And... You know, I, uh, Benny, I think we have a few minutes. I want to give away the spirit guidebook, 1-800-930-2819. And you know, Deb, to this day, it doesn't matter what's going on in my day, what's going on in my life. Uh, the women I coach, and I coach women in a program where the, the key statement to healing is resentment is the number one offender. I mean, that is the verbatim. That is the quote. Resentment is the number one offender. It is the one thing that could drive uh, an addict to relapse. You know, could drive somebody to take a hurtful act out on another. Could drive you to take a hurtful act on yourself. And what you're doing in this book is you're outlining a map for us to navigate 
not just through the 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 potholes but to navigate through the parts of ourselves with love navigate through those that will enable us to really call on that only little prayer we'll ever need i want to thank you for that again for doing magnificent in this book um deb again how can we get a copy of the book uh, how, what's your website? You also do other work. There's webinars. There's so much you're out in the world doing. I want to be you when I grow up. Um, and then what's your personal <laughs> message? What would you like to leave us with today? Well, the website is DebraEngel.com. So that's D-E-B-R-A-E-N-G-L-E.com. And there is so much on that website. I won't even try to go into all of it, but just a few things. I do free teleclasses once a month, one on writing and creativity, and one based on the principles of the spirit of A Course in, a course in Miracles. Um, I have workshops coming up. I have um, ongoing classes, online classes that will be coming out. Um, there's just so much going on there. It's really a growing community. An, an exciting community to be part of. So if you go there and subscribe, there's a form down at the bottom of the uh, the webpage and just fill in your name and email address and you'll be on my list. So I'll send out information periodically about upcoming events as well as inspiration, special offers, all sorts of goodies. Yeah, but you also help people realize the their dreams. Yeah, I, I want to make sure people yes. know you're also a coach and you help others. I am. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, some small group coaching, and again, both in these kinds of spiritual skills, spiritual counseling, and writing and creativity too, which in my mind go go hand and hand in hand. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Deb and, and I have talked about Deb helping yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. And you've what a joy that would be! Huge joy to yep. do that. Yep, Deb, yeah, you're because, the number uh, one on my list, yeah, and I'm getting closer. Deb Engel, everybody. Benny, thank you so very much. What a powerful show. Deb, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for all of the above. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.